Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast, Kevin Acey, Potters beat writer for the Union Tribune. It's Ryan Finley, sports editor of the Union Tribune. I'm in Pittsburgh with the Padres. Padres about to start another must-sweep series. Uh, like we said, the Nationals were bad. The Pirates are horrendous. The Pirates, Ryan, we can talk about that. I'll tell you about the Pirates when, whenever it is that you would like to talk about the Pirates. I don't know what to say anymore about this team. Uh, so tell me, wh- where do you want to start? I mean, I, I think we got to start big picture. You know, Kevin, um, they have said and we have written that the, the series against the Nationals was a must win and a must possibly even a must sweep. And then they go out and they lose two or three. Um, you know, they lose to Mackenzie Gore on Sunday, uh, who looked uh, like Cy Young. Uh, this is a team that, again, is struggling to score runs and struggling to hit situationally. Um, when you call your shot and you say, we better sweep these dudes. What's the reaction when you don't? And yeah, yeah. And and to be clear, not everybody was saying that, and I don't even know that anyone used the word sweep. But yes, that was the thinking, right? Like, right. yes, this is where uh, we get back above five hundred, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this was the period, and it didn't happen. And so, what's the reaction to that? I mean, it was. I would say arguably, and I have to say arguably because I'm not inside of people's heads and, you know, I wasn't cataloging every post-game loss, uh, what the clubhouse was like, but arguably as dejected, um, as quiet as I have have seen it. Um, it is no longer like, hey, there's a lot of season left. There might still be guys saying we've got time, and technically they do. Uh, technically they have plenty of time. Um, but, you know, and I've gone back. Brian, and, and, and they do, like, fine, whatever. But, like, there just isn't a whole lot to make you think that this team has it in it. The Padres have to win 50 more times mm-hmm. this year, more or less, to be in contention for a playoff spot. Not to make the playoffs, Kevin. To be in contention. And, you know, our, our Tom Krasovic had a column about that today. This is something the Padres have done. Bad Padres teams have gone on heaters where they won 50 uh, in a stretch of, what is it, 86 games? 84 games. Bad Padre teams have done it. So it's not like it can't be done. But, Kevin, when I I look back at evidence that this team is capable of sustained success, I I don't see a whole lot. I mean, you go back to Mexico City, which was like playing on the moon. You go back to the two games last week where they scored, what, 13 and 10 or something in back-to-back games. But then you follow that up with another stinker. Um, is there anything that leads you to think, Kevin, that they're capable of a run like this? The, what they've done at certain times, um, the, in terms of if the specific question is capable of a run, I mean, my, my first answer would be no. You look mm-hmm. at a lot of the peripheral stats of, uh, you know, clutch hitting uh, and that type of thing, and they're just, they're abysmal. But their pitching has been pretty good, right? Yeah, really good. Really and, good. And they do have the capability offensively, and I don't think that all of their players – have forgotten how to play baseball. So I, I want to say yes. Now I looked at the 2021 Braves who were under 500 for 99 games, or they, they went back and forth and then were under 500 for a long time. I'm sorry, 109 games. They were under 500. They were 54 and 55 on August 7th of 2021. They finally got to 500 for the last time and then took off okay to the point that they were 500 they were 16 and 21 in one run games that's not as bad as the Padres but it's a losing record right so if you want to say oh the Padres aren't showing any heart they don't have any fight okay the 2021 Braves won the World Series they were plus 63 the 2021 Braves were in run differential that's better than the Padres 
Okay, but the Padres are the I think second best of the losing teams in terms of their run differential. I forget what it is now. Is it is it 29? Is it 30, 34? Um, so it's they have time, but and, and projecting in this game is ridiculous. I think it was a good point by Tom to say that bad teams ha- have uh, have gone on 50 and 34 runs, but um, you know uh, it's been this way for a while. Wait and see. I cannot stress to you how bad the Pirates are. Yes, yes. Uh, to me, the Pirates' most interesting player is a guy who won't play this year, is O'Neill Cruz. And it's only because O'Neill Cruz is like a 6-7 shortstop um, and super fun to watch. Uh, Kevin, the thing – so we've been talking for months saying that if this team needed a bat or an arm and they they and if they were go- coming up to the trade deadline, that Peter Seidler would be willing to invest more to get this team over the line. At some point, you're all in, right? Has that changed? I don't think so, but they haven't shown that they're that team, that they're close. So I I don't know where that's going to go. All right. Right. Are they looking? Are they open? Yeah, sure. But I I don't know where that's going to go. We're a month and like five days away. So we're getting close to to seeing. Mm -hmm. But like I wrote before is I think it's a crucial period. Um, You know, they believe. And I think it's more true than ever that they have the pieces, right? Like, th- but I think that that belief is more like we should have the pieces, right? Like, how could we possibly make the argument that right. we don't have the pieces right. on, pa- <laughs> um, on on paper? They have the pieces, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that that belief is something that that yeah that that's what it's based on because it couldn't be based on anything else. Sure. Another point that that Kraz made today. And I thought it was interesting was he pointed to essentially Xander Bogarts and Jake Cronenworth as two guys who need to step it up. And, and I think we've talked at length this year about Soto, talked at length this year about Manny, talked a little bit about Bogarts. I'd like to get into Cronenworth a little bit. Um, he signed a contract extension the first weekend of the season. Um, he's somebody who I think is universally liked, if not beloved, in that clubhouse. Somebody who works his tail off. What is wrong with Jake Cronenworth, who's hitting 210 right now? Working uh, too hard, uh, trying to make too much happen. I think you've seen some swing changes. Now, there's always swing changes. I know that everybody or everybody, you know, people are looking at these guys swinging differently. And okay, you know what? There's some guys have been trying to hit 22 home, uh, 22 run home runs. Okay, Um, and they've been guilty of that. You know, Jake is always tinkering. Does he tinker too much? I've said that in past years. um, That that that's a possibility. Um, Yeah. It's 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 pretty bad. His clutch stats are down, and that's not been an issue in the past. Uh, there's there's not a whole lot going right for Jake at this point. I think his walk rate is up, mm-hmm. his swing and miss is up, his strikeouts are up. Um, you know, some things that you could count on before. Uh, not going the other way. Yeah, that that's a big one. Um, I think it's a big one because he was below. I'll still put this on the big four and I'll still put this on Manny. I, I mm-hmm. don't know how Manny Machado gets a pass mm-hmm. and I, the numbers are coming up, but the clutch numbers are not there. And mm-hmm. and I know that those fluctuate and that some people don't even believe in clutch numbers, but mm-hmm. you just got a $350 million contract. I hate putting it all on one guy and I'm not putting it all on him, but you don't right. give Manny Machado a pass, but right, right below the big four, right. Mm-hmm. Is, is Jake Cronenworth. You, you, you expect that he would be a guy who would contribute. I've written b- about it before. He's one of the most fascinating guys who, you know, maybe his final numbers, the numbers that we look at uh, in terms of OPS and, and batting average and all that, they're not great, but he does so much. It's it's like crazy how much he does to contribute to winning, and that's not happening this year. 
Right. Jake Cronenworth is, is I think, a winning player Yes, in general who's not having a winning player kind of season. And again, I know all-star games are subjective, but my goodness, he's a two-time all-star. Um, who's who's just who's hitting 210? He's a two-time all-star, like, voted by or, like, put in there because, like, you know, players um, and, and, and people that, like, know the game uh, put him in there, right? Like, right. I mean, and – but yeah, aside from that, there's all sorts of things that I've like in the past, I've done whole stories on, you know, when, just the way that he contributes in different ways, uh, be it obviously defensively, though, that's OK this year. Um, I don't I don't really believe in defensive metrics a lot because I see a lot of things with my eyes that that say, wait a minute, what the heck? I mean, there's times when Manny Machado's like 12th in war, uh, you know, defensive run saved or whatever. I, I'm just but like, you know he's not there. He's not, um, he's not getting those RBIs, uh, the hits, you know, uh, Jake Cronenworth can have like the most productive one for five, yeah. uh, but he's not having those now. And, right. and so, yeah, uh, it's, it's bad. And I do believe that that is, that is important because like I said, he's that second tier guy. And at the you know bottom of that, like first tier is Xander Bogarts who mm-hmm. injury and, you know, getting messed up there. And, and he's just been a guy who, when you're batting fourth and fifth, Right. You're going to come up a lot of times with runners in scoring position, a chance to affect the game. And and he hasn't. Sure. And at some point, your contract dictates your maybe your level of importance or your level of responsibility. And this is a guy who's making a lot of money who is signed to be sort of the final piece to this. And yeah, there's there's a segment of the fan base, I'm sure, that wonders why Hassan Kim wasn't just their starting shortstop for 2023 and why the Padres didn't spend that money on an outfielder or a pitcher. Yeah. And that's a fair thing to, to look back on. Now, I don't think the level of excitement um, would have been as high, right? So, like, right. people got to look at – we have to look at ourselves and go, man, we, we back then, at the beginning of the season, we would have been wondering, was this the smartest move? Yes, defensively. Oh, my gosh, yes, absolutely. But is Hassan Kim going to continue to ascend as an offensive player? Is that going to be a hole for the Padres? We would have been saying that, okay? Yeah. Like, yeah. every – like, 95% of people would have been saying that. It's easy to look back in hindsight. Yep, look at Hassan Kim, 250 hitter, playing the best shortstop in the league, arguably. Holy smokes, the most versatile defender that they have. Like, wow. Yes, that's right. fair. That's absolutely mm-hmm. fair. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, to me, that's interesting. Hey, can we double back on Cronenworth for a minute? Um, as these losses have piled up and as his numbers have gone down, I have seen and heard some questions about the length and the terms of his contract. And why necessarily that had to get done and why the Padres would give somebody who, again, maybe was is a winning player, but maybe not somebody who's terribly in demand. Well, they would give him that deal. Kevin, you had unique insight on this and what the market's going to look like by the end of his contract. Why did they do what they did when they did? First off, that's another fair question. And, it, you know, there's certainly no guarantee that this ends up being like a, a good contract. Right. I mean, Jake was going to be an old free first time free agent. And what was he going to get? I, mm-hmm. I mean, that probably depended on how he finished, right? Mm-hmm. Um, heck, maybe he's one of the guys. And if you were going to ask me to bet, I would bet that he's one of the guys pressing because of the contract. Yeah. All right. So, you know, we don't know. But Jake Cronenworth making, you know, $7 million or, uh, you know, $12 million in, in five years, that's just going to be an average player. And Jake War, Jake, I, Jake War, that's good. That's a good, that should be his nickname. Right. You know, Jake Cronenworth is not an average player. Right. Um, you know, this year, he's not even he's not even there. But Jake Cronenworth is an above-average player, and and what the Padres did was say, you know what? Because of the makeup, 
we are going to bet on this guy that this is going to be a, a good contract. Look, we uh, uh, certain people maybe got caught up in the, oh, there's another contract. This was not a huge contract for the Padres. It came at a time when, you know, they were making all these moves, so it got celebrated like that. And it was cool because people love Jake. And so it was really – people were genuinely happy for him. Um, but, no, that is an absolutely fair question. The Padres did not have to do that, just like they did not have to do Manny Machado. You can – we can debate the wisdom of that, and we very well may for many years. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Uh, $80 million is generational wealth to everybody. And on this team, yeah, it's a, it's, it's not even a big deal. It's not even a big contract. Uh, Kevin, I feel like we're beating a dead horse here, but um, Padres playing the Pirates. After that, they're playing the Reds, who may be good now. Um, this stretch before the All-Star break, if the last two weeks have been important, these next two weeks are even more so. Uh, sort of what's the magic number that has you thinking that this team is still in it as they go to the All-Star break? Uh, a winning record. I mean, and not like, uh, what is it? 12 games. So not seven and five, like eight and four, right? Like, like um, their goal, not, not like they wrote it down on a chalkboard is that I'm aware of um, or a whiteboard since I don't know that chalkboards exist anymore. Thank goodness. Cause I still can hear the nails on there. Uh, but you know, 10 and five starting with the, the Washington series. And, and, you know, that would have got them to at that time, what it would have been three over. And, and, and it's not just like the number at that point, it's like, Oh, they went 10 and five and it's getting later and they're putting it together. And so, all right, right. Off and running it would, that was the feeling they felt they would have had. And so now boom, you wash, you wash away that clunker against the, the nationals and you go, all right, what's the goal now? Well, I don't know that they'll have one. There are some guys in there that are counseling. They need to take this like one series at a time and, and that sort of thing. Uh, one game at a time, uh, that, that sort of thing. Uh, like the Nationals did in 2019. What was their mantra? Um, did you win today or, right. you know, one and oh or whatever it was? Well, yeah, okay. But uh, I'm going to say that of those 12 games, uh, eight and four. Now I'm not saying the season's over if they don't. They need to get to 500. That's for sure. They're four under right now. So I just guess I just got them to 500 at eight and four, didn't I? Right. Um, so, yeah, look, the Pirates are what we thought they were. Like, like at this point, the Pirates have, are exactly pretty much where I thought they would be. When they start out, what was it, 20 and nine? Right. No, very little doubt in my mind because baseball is the most predictable of sports, as unpredictable as it is, right? Mm-hmm. No doubt in my mind they were going to be about where they are now by the time I visited Pittsburgh. For those same reasons, that's why we thought the Padres would be at least where the Phillies are now, right? Right. Like, you know, rebounded up three games above 500, five games above 500, whatever. Um, the Pirates, they, they've lost, is it uh, 12 of 13, 11 of 12, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is. They've got some guys mired in amazing slumps, slumps that make Jake Cronenworth and Xander Bogarts look like they're hot. But those guys are not making the big bucks either. Right. The expectations were not that high. And, and then you look at the Reds, who, uh, you know, in the middle of a, of a winning streak of their own. Uh, I mean, they've won seven of their last 10, even though they've lost three in a row. Um, but, but, you know, the Reds had won 10 straight, I, I believe, before losing three in a row here lately. Yeah. Uh, this is a team that, I, you know, is three games over 500, if you can believe that. But if you and I were were placing bets right now, I think we'd probably both bet that the Reds are sort of near the bottom of their mediocre division here by the end of the season. It's such a mediocre division. Mm-hmm. It depends that now it's funny that people I, that I have heard talk um, and I haven't talked to anybody in the game about this because um, I 
really don't care, but I suppose it, I mean, you know, I should uh, essentially, or I should very soon find out who the buyers are and all that stuff. But people are talking as if the Reds are going to be buyers. I remember when we were there last year and people were like practically picketing their owner, yeah. basically, right? Like, like what are the Reds going to be buyers now? I mean, hey, they just ate the money on Will Myers. So, okay, I, I, you know, uh, maybe they will be. But, yeah, without being buyers, it's tough to see them winning that division. What's right. funny is that, like, the Reds winning 10 in a row and then losing three in a row, like, it's exactly why the Padres believe, like, we can do this. Like, what, what, like, the season is so long and it has so many compartments. And, the, like I said, the Pirates were 20 and nine. I mean, like Kras wrote, the bad Padres teams have gone 50 and 34. Like, it is entirely possible. I'm not going to say probable anymore <laughs> like I was, but it's entirely possible that the Padres go on a run here. It just is. I mean, the amount I've written about this, the amount of times they've had the tying run on base uh, in their losses. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Now, at the end of the season, or heck, in a month, we might say, look, none of that mattered because they didn't get it done. Right. What like if that's how we're going to be, then like, let's not even talk about why are you watching? You know, like, why are you watching their games? Like this is to me, it's fascinating what is happening with the Padres. It is super fascinating. At some point, will Rich Hill face Nelson Cruz today? And if that's the case, can a 42 year old, I, I will be dancing across the room. I knew you would uh, be very excited about that. Uh, you're right in the middle of them uh, in yeah. terms of age, I believe. Yes. You know, Rich Hill is the oldest player in the major leagues. So that makes Nelson Cruz the oldest position player in the mm-hmm. major leagues. Yep. So uh, the two they, the two will likely face off. Uh, I think that will be, uh, that'll be a lot of fun, huh? Yeah, and Nelson Cruz turns 43 on Saturday, by the way, Kevin. So uh, yeah. that means that makes... uh, uh, early happy birthday to uh, to you, because uh, <laughs> I believe that makes your birthday Sunday. I am one whole day younger than Nelson Cruz. So yeah. so long as he is playing in the big leagues, my hopes of playing in the big leagues remain a lot. So so that's good. So that's good. I mean, to me, it's fascinating pitching matchups. I mean, you Darvish, Rich Hill, tonight, tomorrow, you've got Snell versus Mitch Keller. Mitch Keller's been really good. Um, I mean, six and, or eight and three record, three and a half ERA, uh, maybe the de facto ace of that team. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know a whole lot about the guy who's going up against Joe Musgrove on Thursday. That's Ortiz. Luis um, L. Ortiz? Yes, but great, great. L. Yes, Luis L. Ortiz. I mean, 3.75 ERA, 31 strikeouts. Here's I mean, the thing. None of those three should matter. Right. Um, like I said, they, their offense is doing terribly. Their bullpen, we thought the Nationals uh, was bad, and 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 it, and it is. But uh, they uh, and and I think let's see. After Friday's game, they were the worst. The Nationals bullpen. I think they gave up six of their thirteen runs mm-hmm. in like four innings. They were the worst in the major leagues in ERA and batting average allowed. And over the final two games, allowed two runs in seven and two thirds innings on three hits. Woo. The Padres. Woo completely laid an egg against what had been the worst bullpen. Uh, let's see the pirates. I, I don't want to get this wrong. Uh, the pirates uh, bullpen has the seventh highest ERA and the fourth highest batting average allowed in the major leagues. Uh, so whatever rich Hill's been going five. I mean, rich Hill's going to rich Hill could pitch forever. If he keeps doing this, you know, every once in a while, giving you a seven inning two run game, giving you five quality starts out of his 15 starts, but, always going five innings now maybe he gives up six runs but he's always going five innings so that's what you're going to get from rich hill but whatever you get from those pitchers 
it's just it just this is the epitome of a series where the Padres say it's about us. Mm-hmm. It's this team is not good enough to be bothered with in terms of that. I'm the guy, by the way. Just have to always remember that or remind people because it seems that people's memory is so short. <laughs> I'm the perspective guy. Mm-hmm. I know those guys make money. I know those guys have analytics departments and video and that the Padres are playing professional players tonight. The Padres are supposed to be so much better than this. And at yeah. this point in the season, just go out there and beat this team. Absolutely. Interesting series. If you're a San Diegan or somebody with a long memory, got Connor Joe, who I believe is a, he's a USD Torero, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Jack Sawinski, former Padre uh, minor leaguer. And of course you have David Bednar, all-star closer. Um, and- 15 saves. I believe he's on an 11 save run. So when I uh, say their bullpen, um, I say, you know, maybe get to him before you get uh, to, if David Bednar's in trying to close out a save. Right. And of course you have Austin Hedges. Kevin, do you, uh, you did you and Hedges uh, talk much when yep. you were covering the team? And, and uh, where does he land on your list of a smart guys guy to who uh, wanted to be uh, more than than he was uh, capable of being right? Like right. like he wanted to be a part of this and be a, you know, a leader and, and all that. Look, he can't hit, um, you know, OK. Uh, he's one of their guys really struggling. So is Jack Sawinski. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't believe they have a hit in over a week, either one of them. And they're playing a, a fair amount. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, this is look, because of who he is as a person and as a catcher. Uh, he's been able to continue with a job because, uh, you know, he's he's not been good offensively. Remember when the Padres traded a bunch of guys because they needed a catcher who could hit? <laughs> Remember, anyway, Uh Anyway, uh, last thing, last thing, we're coming up on our 30 minutes here, Kevin. Brought this up a little bit before I went on camera. I'm fascinated by your road trip stuff. I'm fascinated by the fact that you spend the summers uh, going from city to city. If we're ranking kind of Rust Belt area cities, where's Pittsburgh? Number one. It's beautiful. It's underrated. Uh, I'm looking out at bridges and a river right now. It rains here a lot, so it's green. I'm telling you, you look out from the ballpark. The ballpark's nothing special. It's not bad, but it's nothing special. But you are looking out onto a hillside that is lush and green, and there's a row of bridges along the Allegheny. Just fantastic. Love it. Nice. Cincinnati by comparison? Yeah. Nothing there, but I happen to like it more than than most. Uh, okay. I think the ballpark's a neat little toy ballpark. Uh, I think the people are nice. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, there's nothing in Cincinnati. Cleveland is probably the most underrated, but I only say that. Like, Pittsburgh's the most underrated because it's actually beautiful. Cleveland's not as bad as people make it out to be. Right. Not you, even close. But, of course, you like Detroit. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, Detroit, uh, listen, the truth is – it's not bad. I, I walk to the ballpark, but it can get a little sketchy. I don't want to get into the story here, but um, yeah, I, I came in, I came maybe inches of my life last year on a, on a walk back to the hotel. Uh, it's yeah. It, Detroit's a little sketchy, but uh, look, the Midwest is beautiful. California is completely overrated. What do we have? We have the beach. We have 72 degrees, right? If you've traveled and seen real green on the East coast, the South, the, uh, the Midwest, like, it is. There are some beautiful parts of this country. Uh, there's a reason I live in California. Yeah, my wife makes me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I love California, but it's like, you know, we don't have this. We just don't. You uh, get out and get out, and see some places. 
Absolutely. Gosh, this is this was almost your Will Myers says new or North Carolina Mexican food is better than California Mexican food moment. You walked it back. You walked it back. I didn't bit. walk it back. I want people to understand I love California and I love San Diego. But like to think that I mean, it's neat. It's 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 a neat place. It's unique. There's a reason that we pay. We pay the weather tax. But there are some beautiful parts of this country, man. They're, they're really beautiful. One of the things I liked back in a previous life, I covered college football. And I used to have this thought driving to Pullman, Washington in October. And it's stunning. Stunning. I mean, it's harvest season and, you know, golds and and, and all of this uh, on the Palouse. And I go, nobody I know would willingly take a trip to Pullman, Washington. And yet here I am. I don't know a whole lot of San Diegans who are going to spend their summers alternating between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. But there you are, and you are reporting that it is, in fact, a two lovely places to visit this time of year. My family, for about five, six straight summers, we spent a couple of weeks in Minnesota because we had friends there. People, what are you doing leaving San Diego for Minnesota? That means you've never been to Minnesota in the summer. Yes, mosquitoes. Yes, it can be humid. But 10,000 lakes, pretty cool, man. Absolutely. And it stays light out to like, what, 930? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Almost any uh, more longer than any place. But Seattle, Seattle's unbelievable. That's so practically cool. Alaska up there. But uh, it's yeah, there's just beautiful other parts of, of the city. Now, someone to think that someone's Mexican food is better than ours is probably like, hey, to each their own. Right. Like you mm-hmm. like queso out of a plastic thing. That's cool. Whatever. But you're I mean, like that doesn't make you right. Like the, the, the Mexican food. Now, that's something we could argue about a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I will stump for New Mexico Mexican food. Different types of different I, types. Uh, I have it. family there. I call it New Mexican food. It yes. is uh it's a different type. Yes, yes. Big fan, big fan. If uh if you're ever in Albuquerque, Sadie's. No, I can't say anything good about Arizona, but oh, how okay. dare you? How dare you, Kevin? How dare you? This seems like a good place to jump off. Uh that'll do it for this episode of the Hot Lava Podcast. Padres Pirates, three games. Padres then go on to Cincinnati before returning home to play to face the Angels in the Mets. Pretty cool. So that'll do it for this episode of the Hot Lava Podcast. We'll talk again Friday. For Kevin Acey, I'm Ryan Finley. We'll see you next time.